Good morning, Good morning. and welcome. Uh, welcome Asbury 2021. Uh, my name is Tom Tarper. I'm the lead pastor here at Asbury in Corpus Christi. I'm glad uh, that we can uh, begin our first Sunday in 2021 together, whether we're here in the Community Life Building or, or at home. Um, you know, just this past week I was uh, reading and, uh, and I ran across uh, a cartoon and, uh, and it was, uh, you know, it was 2020 as an old man and 2021 as a, as a toddler uh, coming in and, and the old, old man is, uh, is, is advising uh, the toddler. He said, you know, people are excited. I just want to say people are excited that you're coming in. And he said, but I have to warn you, we have some unfinished uh, business and you're going to need to put this off. So uh, even though we've uh, flipped a, uh, uh, a page and, and we've uh, moved into a new year, there's still some things that we uh, in the world are having to deal with. But I want to begin with this, uh, this uh, 2021 with this question. It's the title of the message, which is, Will you be a tomb or a temple in 2021? And uh, if you're scratching your head and saying, I don't know the answer to that because I have no idea, Tom, what you're talking about. Hopefully, uh, by the time we get to the, to the Wesley uh, Covenant Prayer, uh, you will know what I'm talking about. I, I want to start with a, a uh, story that Jesus told uh, Luke, who is a, a physician in the first century. He has come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of his commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, he wanted to, to share uh, that the story of the life and, and ministry of Jesus. And, and, uh, and so he wrote uh, a, a, an account of Jesus' life. We, we call it the, uh, Luke, uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is one of the four Gospels. But uh, he is the only one who records this story told by Jesus. And, uh, and Jesus does it and says it this way. There was a rich man. So he introduces us to the first of two characters. He said there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. And so he introduces us to this character. This character, we get a very clear picture. He's a person who lives in the lap of luxury. Uh, it says that he's dressed in purple. I've got a purple shirt on, kind of the remnants of Advent uh, and Christmas. We're still in the Christmas season within the life of the church. Uh, but in, in that day and time, I wouldn't be wearing purple. Purple was the was, was something that the very wealthy uh, wore. And so, it, you know, right off, Jesus tells us this is a very rich man. Uh, then he goes on to say, at his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus. And this is not the same Lazarus who is the friend of Jesus, uh, but this is the, uh, a beggar uh, who was covered with sores. And so, so now we, we're introduced with the other character in Jesus' story, Lazarus, a, a beggar, covered in sores. And I, and I would uh, add that they were oozing sores. I mean, it just uh, that sounds awful, but... But how do I know that? Because the rest of the story says that and every day uh, uh, the neighborhood uh, dogs or the dogs licked his sword. And so his uh, his medical uh, uh, health uh, provider was the neighborhood dogs. 
Uh, and, and it also mentions the fact that every day he just simply had one desire, and that was to, to uh, eat uh, the table scraps off of uh, the rich man's table. And, uh, and then Jesus goes on to say, uh, the time came when the beggar died. And, and I love what he says about what happened next. And he says, and, uh, and the angels uh, carried him to, to Abraham's side. And so there's this imagery of here is this man. Uh, one day he's being licked by dogs and, uh, and hungry for uh, the, the food that could come out of the garbage. And, and, and the next day he is, uh, he is with, with God and, and Father Abraham carried there. Uh, by the angels of God. And it says, and then the rich man died and was buried. Pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Uh, and But it's at that moment that, it, 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 that things uh, begin to become very interesting because in that moment when, when he is ushered into eternity, uh, he finds himself in, in, in Hades. And, and in Hades, he looks up and he sees Father Abraham and Lazarus beside him. And he calls up to, to Abraham, Father Abraham, please allow Lazarus to dip his finger in the water and come down and just and, and give me relief. And, and Abraham responds, uh, he says, well, in, in, uh, when you were alive in, in, in the world, you lived in luxury and so you Earned your reward there, but Lazarus, uh, he suffered, and and now he is he is receiving the good things from God. And he said, besides that, there is this chasm that separates us. So even if we wanted to come down to you, we, we are unable. And if, even if you wanted to come up to us, you're unable. And and so the rich man says, well. If nothing's going to change in my life, I've got five brothers. Please send Lazarus back to the world and have him warn my brothers so that they would believe Moses and the prophets. And then Abraham responds, they would not believe Moses and the prophets even if someone would come back from the dead. Now, the imagery here is one of heaven and hell. It's, it's one for many of us, theologically, we, we go, that's what happens after we die in this world. Uh, those who are good, they go to heaven. Those who, who uh, are bad, they go to hell. You know, it's certainly, you know, it's easy to figure out that, you know, Hitler, you know, where's he? Oh, he's definitely in Hades, uh, suffering. And, uh, and, and we, we believe that there, there is this, this moment uh, that when we step out of time and step into eternity that we go somewhere uh, either we go up to heaven or down to hell and uh, and so you know uh, when it comes to, to that uh, that that in, in our minds that that, that uh, you know the, the the end game for us within within the church the our hope and, and desire is that we would spend eternity in the in the presence and with God and so that's our end game and uh, and yet when I, I look at, at scripture and 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 especially uh, when I look at what Jesus talks about 
Uh, he doesn't talk a, a great deal about people going to heaven. In fact, there's only one place uh, in, in Scripture, and it is only in one of the Gospels, uh, where, uh, and, and I believe it's Luke, actually, where uh, Jesus is, uh, is being crucified. He has uh, thieves who are one on his right and one on his left, and, uh, and uh, in a conversation on the cross between the, the two thieves and, and, uh, the, and Jesus, at some point, the, one of the thieves says, says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And, and Jesus responds, today, I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. That covers the, you know, Jesus' conversation about what happens to a person after uh, he or she dies. That, that, and, and, uh, and, and as I, I begin to read scripture and see what he says, Jesus was more about the kingdom than he was about heaven. And, and so uh, as, as we look at this, I, you know, I was thinking, we're talking about tomb or temple. Are you, will you be a tomb or will you be a temple in 2021? And, uh, and, and I, think about, uh, I think about how we typically think. We, we think uh, here is heaven, here is earth. And, and they are completely separate realms. Uh, one, uh, this is, is what happens and what we deal with right now, the here and now. The present age, and, and in the age that comes, then then we will experience heaven. And our hope is that when we die, that we're good enough, and, and we'll go to heaven. And, uh, and and of course, humanity lives on earth, and God lives in heaven. And uh, and on an occasion, there's this intersection that happens. This this place where God and humanity come together. Uh, and, and those places that, that we think in, in our minds, uh, you know, we may think of uh, sacred space as, as uh, on occasion being uh, outdoors, uh, uh, an experience uh, outside. Maybe we look at the mountains, maybe we see the oceans, maybe we, maybe we notice the night sky. And, and in, the, in that moment, for, for a brief time, that becomes sacred space where we connect our hearts and minds uh, with God and, and, and humanity and, uh, and the divine, uh, they intersect. Uh, but a, a lot of times we uh, think of sacred space as particular structures, uh, temples, cathedrals, tabernacles, sanctuaries. You know, when we think about where where do you meet with God, and uh, and as, as a people, we we think in terms of those those physical spaces. Uh, for example, this has become a sacred space. This used to not be a sacred space because we used to meet over in the worship center, and and our desire is really to move from here back to there because and and in many of our ways of thinking, that's a more sacred. Uh, that's more sacred ground than this. This is a place where kids play. That's a place where we worship. And uh, and even uh, within the context of, of the life of, of this community, uh, that was always looked at as temporary. That wasn't the real sacred space. That wasn't the sanctuary. And, and, and so we think in terms 
of, of buildings and places. These are, are, are the places where humanity and God meet. And, uh, and, and, and then we, then we, uh, we, we look at, at, uh, at the story we, we heard first, Exodus. Uh, Exodus 40 is the last, is the last story in, that, uh, that happens in the, the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus begins with the people uh, of Israel in, in Egypt. And then God sends them out. They, they go on an exodus. They exit Egypt and enter into the wilderness. And during that time in the wilderness, in the wilderness God has conversation with this man, Moses. And during that time, he gets instructions on how to worship and, and where to worship. And, uh, and he gives him very specific uh, instructions on how to build the tabernacle, which is a, a, uh, a uh, sacred space that, that can be packed up and moved with the people. And, and so Moses goes through and, and he takes down you know, mental notes and then when he comes down from the mountain he speaks to the people and tells them the instruction and, and, then, uh, and, and then the people are all invested in, in the, the creation of this sacred space, the tabernacle. Uh, they either uh, invest resources like, uh, like uh, leather and gold and, and all of these things that, that help to, to make the physical uh, building or, or this physical tabernacle, or they take, take their skills and, and they put to, and weave together all the, the items and things that are going to either be be the tabernacle or be in the tabernacle. And then when it's all done and, and the work is finished and it's all set up, and at the very end of uh, of Exodus, in that moment, all of a sudden. The shining glory of God enters into that sacred space and everybody sees it. There, there's this physical, uh, visible evidence as, as the light of God, God enters into that sacred space called the tabernacle. Well, uh, then we read, read John and, and John just says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Uh, and we can simply put in, uh, in, in the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. And then it goes on to talk about how, uh, how uh, God created. He spoke uh, life in, into being. And, and, it's, and it's very clear that Jesus was a part of that creative moment. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And, and then Jesus, it says, uh, he, uh, the word Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and I, I've heard this many times and I finally checked it out, um, probably not finally, but I again checked it out for myself because I've heard that the word uh, and, and uh, dwelt among us really means he tabernacled, you know, drawing from that, that, uh, that Hebrew uh, scripture imagery that we just read earlier and that he tabernacled. In other words, Jesus became the tent that where the presence of God dwelt. And, uh, and, and he became the intersection. It wasn't a building, it, was a, it wasn't a place, it was a person, and that person was Jesus Christ. That the, the plan of God, the desire of God, the end game of God had entered into that time and place in the person of Jesus Christ. 
God's end game is that that this heaven, this earth, would someday be this heaven and earth. If you go to the end of the story, the end of uh, of of the book, which is a gathering of stories and a gathering of books, you'll read in in Revelation twenty one and twenty two that that uh, it, it talks about, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And so God's, God's desire is not uh, to get, uh, you know, his end game is not to get you and me into heaven. God's end game is to get heaven into you and me. Not after we die, but now. His desire is that heaven and earth come together and, and we see it in the person of Jesus Christ. But here's the interesting thing. As we continue to read the scripture, we then find out that, that, uh, that, 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 that glory of God, which dwelt in the, the tabernacle among uh, the Hebrew children who were slaves but had become free and were in the desert, had moved into a person, Jesus Christ, and then Jesus had allowed or invited us to allow the, the fire uh, and, and light and glory of God to dwell in us. Now, how do I know that? Again, uh, it is very helpful to go and see what, what the first century uh, Christians were thinking, those who had spent time in the presence of Jesus, or who later came to know Jesus after uh, his resurrection, and uh, and Paul is one of those. Uh, one day he was he was uh, he was a, a a Jewish man who was trying to destroy the church. The next he encountered the living Lord Jesus Christ, and he was one who was trying to help the church uh, grow. And uh, and he wrote a, a number of letters. Uh, I believe it was fourteen or fifteen. I you know I can count them up in my head, but but we, you can do the same thing when you go home. Uh, so he he wrote a, a number of letters, and he wrote a couple of letters to the Corinthians, first century Christians who were living in the city of Corinth. Uh, and uh, and and in both of them, he 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 talks about us being temples. In 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, he says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? That you yourselves are God's temple. And that God's spirit dwells in you and in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred and who, you know, who is God's temple? We are. We are sacred. And you together are that temple. He says it again in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Again, he said, sent a second letter uh, to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6, 16. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. 
As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. That imagery is straight out of the garden. Uh, in the cool of the day, God walked with Adam, and God's desire is to bring heaven and earth together in his people, the temple of God, you and me. He writes to the Ephesians, another group of Christians living in the city of Ephesus. He says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Now, he's writing to people who felt separated from God, outside the love of God, because they were not Jewish. And, uh, and, and he's saying, at one time, you were foreigners and strangers. But what does he go on to write? but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Paul's not the only one who writes about this. Peter, uh, who is one of the original 12, who spent uh, years with Jesus as he walked on earth and taught. He writes uh, to first century Christians and to us in 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. As you come to him, Jesus, the living stone, re uh, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious in him or to him, you also like Living sons are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so, you know, in Scripture, you and I are invited to be the temple of God together and individually. Uh, and, 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 I, and I think about this. What happens in a temple? In a place, a sacred space, and first off, we, you know, a, a, a temple is recognized by all as this belongs to God. You know, I, um, I know at one point uh, we were looking at the property here. Someone was saying, we would, you know, we'll, we will exchange property with you. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and the conversation is, at least among some of us, was uh, you know we're, this is God's this is God's property so we can't give it away or sell it or or, or, or anything like that and so there's a, a recognition that if if it is sacred it belongs to God and uh, and Scripture is saying you're sacred you belong to God but what happens within that sacred space in the sacred place or in this case in in God's sacred well, you just think about what happens in here. Uh, we share life. We learn about uh, about who God is. We experience the love of God. We experience the forgiveness of God. We participate in uh, the supper of the Lamb provided by Jesus Christ. All of these things happen within a temple. And, and so, uh, you know, when we talk about being uh, temples, 
what we're saying is this is a place, first of all, that where God dwells. God dwells in, in me. God dwells in you. And, and because he dwells in you and, and me, that, that we begin to show or shine the, the glory of God, which is God's love, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, that we become that in our world. We become the intersection for people who don't know God and think that they're separate in a way. We become that intersection where God and humanity meet. So then we come back to, to the question that, that, that I asked at the beginning. Will you be a tomb or a temple in 2021? And you go, well, I'm starting to understand what you mean by temple, but what in the world are you talking about tomb? What do you mean by tomb? A tomb or a temple? And, uh, and, 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 and Jesus um, was... Uh, uh, Toward the end of his his last days uh, in earth in his earthly ministry, uh, as you know, prior to his death and resurrection, just days before all of that happened, he's in conversation and in, in conflict uh, with a lot of folks, but especially with religious folks, good church-going citizens of Israel. And, and what he says to those good church-going citizens of Israel is, is you are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. And he's, you know, he was just saying, for here is God's representative, God's tabernacle, in human form, and you're resisting the, the the grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God. That on the outside you look like you're doing everything right, but on the inside you're a mess, and you're really helping other people's faith to die. You're a tomb, and so when I talk about will you be a tomb or a temple? That's what I'm talking about. Uh, will you allow the fresh breeze of God's Spirit to, to move in your life? And, uh, and, 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 I, and I think about that, you know, first of all, you know, the, the, are, are you willing to allow God to be present in your life on the inside? And, 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 I, and I, I was thinking about, uh, you know, this word willing. Uh, it, will it, the will is connected to, to the words and actions and Jesus talked about two, two sons of a man. The, the man comes to, to the one son and he says, uh, will you go out and work in the field? And the, and, and the boy says, no. No, I won't, Dad. Uh, and then a little later on, he repents of those words and he goes out and works. And, and the other one he goes to, he says, uh, will you go out and work, and work in the field? And he says, yes, Dad, I'll, I'll go right out there and, and, and work in the fields. And as soon as dad leaves, he, uh, he just keeps playing uh, on, on the computer. Uh, he never leaves his room. Uh, and, and Jesus said, well, which one did the will of the Father? Well, one had the right words, but the other had the right actions. And so when we talk about willing, willing means not only will I, uh, am I agreeable to God's presence, but I recognize it means that, that my words and my actions are going to change because the presence of God 
And, and it's that changed life that, that uh, draws attention. And then the other thing is, is uh, it, it, will you be welcoming? And, uh, and, and welcoming is like, like you put out the, the welcome mat, you open the door, uh, you allow God to come in. But when, when God comes in and, and we say we're welcoming, what we're saying is we're, we're well, willing to, to have our world uh, interrupted by the people that God brings into our lives. Uh, again, Luke uh, records that one chapter earlier about the, the response of, uh, of religious people to the presence of Jesus and what Jesus was doing. And he says, uh, you know, this is how they describe Jesus. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. That was how they saw Jesus. He was very welcoming to people they wouldn't welcome. So. In, in, uh, in 2021, are you willing to be uh, a temple rather than a tomb and welcome those that God would bring into our, into our lives? Uh, are you willing to, to see uh, people as, as, uh, as possibilities and, and sacred space and, and to value them over, over, uh, over our hymn? Our, Anything else that we might have, because that's what and who God values. So, again, I ask you: Will you be a tomb or a temple in 2021? And uh, and as a, as a part of uh, of today's message, we're gonna we're gonna close in prayer together, and, and uh, it's the Wesley Covenant prayer. Uh, and and as we move into this. As we pray this together, this actually is saying, yes, I will be a temple in 2021. I will, I am willing to, to allow God to work in me to welcome uh, the sinners and to eat with them. And so let's join together in this prayer. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Thou art mine, and I am Thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. With that, I invite you to prepare your hearts uh, as we uh, prepare to receive uh, the elements. The, the bread and the wine.